Welcome, listener, to our conclusion interview for Wild Arcana. In these interviews, we'll be taking a look back at the games that we have just played in, take a deeper look into some of the game systems and the homebrew worlds that we had the opportunity to enjoy, as well as talking about some post-game thoughts and having some time for GM advice. I'm here with Robert Aducci. Robert, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much from the Block Party Podcast Network for running the show on the GM Showcase. Uh, you're welcome. It was uh, it was a good, great experience. That's fantastic. I, I want to actually talk about this experience. And to start off, I want to just say, first of all, this is not by any means your first time running a game for a group of players. Like, you're part of the D&D Adventures League. You've DM'd for groups many times. However... What this was a first for you was it was the first time you ever ran a game online for people. Yeah. So maybe I think to start off, I'd like to hear a little bit about how that experience was for you coming into that game. Did you have expectations? Were you nervous that it was going to be a total flop? Did you think it was going to be really difficult? Was it difficult in some ways? Were there things that you were like, this is actually a huge benefit? Can you tell us a little bit about what was that experience for you coming to the table and the table, the quote unquote cyber table and running a game <laughs> for the first time online? You know, I was nervous. Um, I'm always nervous before I run games. It doesn't matter <laughs> how much I've run games or how many mm -hmm. times I've run the adventure that I'm running. I'm always nervous just because you never know what players are going to do. True. Very um, true. So, you know, I was nervous like always, but, um, you know, meeting everybody and kind of talking to everybody, you know, you know, it's just like any other game. But, you know, there are definitely a few differences such as, you know, you don't really get the same level of body language from people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that kind of just changes the dynamic of the game a little bit. So you have to be more aware of um, what they're saying. And luckily, you know, we had video so you could still see them, but just not not as much. Another thing is that I often I often use maps, uh, you know, miniatures in my games. And this was just a, a hangout game. So. Uh, we didn't have uh, miniatures, so it was all theater of the mind. So that is a little bit out of my... I mean, I, I do that occasionally, but having to do everything theater of the mind was, was a little bit out of my <laughs> uh, comfort zone. You know, that just takes getting used to, you know, the table. Um, everybody at the table is really good at, at describing their actions and everything. And so it was, you know, it, it was much easier for me to get into the mindset of theater of the mind um, than it normally is for me. Yeah, that's interesting because I did definitely notice that when uh, not only playing, but also going back and listening and editing the episode, I noticed that I would say in this game that there was very, very little combat. In fact, when there mm -hmm. was combat, it was very narrative, which is perfect. I mean, that's exactly what we want for the GM showcase. And we want to draw this picture in our listeners' heads of the battle scenes going on. And that's why we stick to theater of the mind. But I guess my question to you is, did that change as we went for you? Was that like kind of a, if you were playing this um, as a module at a table, would that have been, maybe the battles would have been different? And like, was that something that you kind of went into going, okay, like with Theater of the Mind, I'm going to have to definitely make this different and I'm going to have to like really focus on the narrative. And was that a good experience for you? Yeah. Uh, when I write stuff, uh, I try to keep both, um, you know, both kind of DMs in mind, those that like to do miniatures and those that don't. Mm. So I kind of already thought, uh, you know, thought about that a little bit. Um, and so I just kind of put those things into use, such as just, you know, concentrating on what the 
players are really trying to do and not worrying about like where they are spatially located you know which is much more important when you're kind of using maps and miniatures you've told me that you have run and play test this this particular game multiple times the same adventure with multiple groups. And I know that that's something that uh, the D&D Adventures League does. It takes the same module and it'll run it for multiple groups. Mm -hmm. Being part of the D&D Adventures League, being a, a DM who's done this, like taking the same adventure module and running it with different groups, what is something that you've taken away as a DM from that experience? Whether it's like with this exact module this exact adventure module or other ones like what have you learned through that process really the biggest thing is just you have to be flexible my most recent module that i've been uh running is called uh, dragons of fire and death and that sounds fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i wrote the module with you know kind of thinking it would be more not necessarily linear but but just more straightforward and i've been amazed at um the directions that players have gone a lot of times I had, you know, little ideas and like, okay, if they do this, you know, I'll think of this, but they're probably not going to do that. But of course, eventually they do. <laughs> so I've really, you know, you just have to be flexible. So when, when a players kind of go off into a direction you didn't expect, knowing what the villain's motivation are, knowing kind of the setting and like if they're in a town, like what's that town like and how will it respond to what the players are doing. So knowing that sort of stuff or just kind of thinking about it a little bit ahead of time so that when players do do something different, you can be um, not necessarily prepared, but you can just be able to react to uh, what the players are doing. I find that kind of DMing actually really fascinating. I wish that was something that I got a chance to do more as a DM. I've only ever had that experience where I've run the same type of adventure for two different groups like once in my life and it was really cool especially like coming to the players afterward and say like they knew each other and so it was like oh this is how this group handled this problem mm -hmm. or this group handled and it was like a cool thing for them also to get together as players and talk about and see what differences they did um in the story yeah definitely as you have dm'd like like a particular adventure for multiple groups have you ever like changed an adventure because of something a group did? Like they wanted to go find this NPC. And so you had to kind of pull something out of nowhere and just be like, all right, I'll come up with this NPC. And that NPC turns out to be something you're like, that was fantastic. I want to make this NPC now part of the story. Let me write him into this adventure. Has ever something like that happened? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Plenty of times where players do something uh, and you have to improv and you're like, oh yeah, we're using that. Or hmm. if it, if it goes down a direction that is totally off, you know, and, and makes the game longer, because usually the games that I run, you know, have to be uh, in a four-hour time set or so. If it's going to take make the game take longer, then I'm like, okay, well, next time I run that, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I don't mention this. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, players will just grab on to offhand comments. And so <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, I'm going to make sure I'm not going to mention this so that doesn't get brought up again. <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, just so that we can make sure, you know, we finish the game on time or whatever. That's fantastic. I feel like it's a it's a really interesting way that you get to like almost perfect your adventure as you go along and make it the best adventure that you could possibly make it. Definitely the first time I run an adventure compared to the last time I've run an adventure, it's worlds apart for sure. So one thing that we talked about a little bit in the introduction interview was that this game in particular was 
actually the plan for it was to be an adventure that was released for the D&D Adventures League, and it was going to be set up for this specific convention. Now, you told me a little bit off air about this convention and everything that went into the workings behind it. And so our interviews, these conclusion interviews are meant to be a peek behind the curtain. And so I want to ask you, like, what happened with that convention? How did that convention go? Sure. So I live in Denver and um, I've been I've lived here for like seven years now and I've been involved in the gaming scene for quite a while and, you know, have organized for a bunch of conventions and really wanted to run my own convention. And I kind of thought we were in a good place as far as the economy. um, And I thought that it could support a convention that uh, was sort of an all inclusive convention that had a kind of nice storyline that kind of all went into you know one story also had a bunch of non-gaming things in it as well so it was going to be an rpg convention but it had a bunch of other stuff and i'll go into that in a minute but so i I thought you know we could do this so i kind of came up with an idea i scouted out out some places and there's a place just uh, just outside of town it's basically uh, a castle more or less i mean it's a it's really a, a large stone house but it looks like a castle yeah, it looks, it looks like a castle. awesome yeah <laughs> um it's called it's if anybody wants to look it up it's called cherokee ranch and castle um and that's just south of denver you know there's a turret and you know they have some some armor in there and it's just you know it looks really nice yeah it's really cool place but anyway so i went and found this place and i was like okay this is a great great location so um i just started looking up other details um and kind of thinking about the story that i wanted to tell and in the DD adventures league we have something called author only adventures that the admins are allowed to write and the first author only adventure i wrote was called harua rising and in that adventure kind of discovers this strange uh you know infection of wild magic that's infecting wizards and really anybody but really affects wizards and so that was sort of the my first intro to it but not many people have played that and i wanted to get something that was uh able to be released to more people so i was going to write this adventure wild arcana which is sort of like an intro and it was what we played was really like four small adventures um because wild Hmm. arcana was is five mini adventures that you can put together to make uh, a longer adventure. So the first one is about the bell in the town. Then the next one is about goblins in the forest. There are several different ones. The wizard, yeah. yeah. And then all that speaks to, once again, what you were talking about earlier was being flexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You were certainly flexible coming to the first ever online game you ever played (laughs) in and and going, all right, I have to cram this in. But uh, I know, I mean, speaking as one of the players, it didn't feel crammed to us. It felt like uh, it was, it, that was the way it was meant to be. So uh-huh. well done. Thank you. I took different elements of, of the mini adventures and I just sort of made sure that we could, you know, have enough for, for the session. And so I'd made this adventure. Um, I ended up hiring four other adventure designers that are well known to people that play in the D and D adventures league. So I made Arcana rising as a business. I made a website, did all that kind of stuff. And in the contracts that I wrote for them, I feel like I wasn't specific enough about like my timeframes. I feel like they, you know, were used to the timeframes that we use for Adventures League and and those sorts of things. And I really needed stuff ahead of time. Um, they were also conflicted with some uh, some other writing projects they had, and so I didn't let them know how important it was for for them to have things on time so that I could. Um, do other things because what I was planning was we get all these different adventures 
there's only five adventures. Five adventures are not going to take up a whole weekend to uh, of gaming. I mean, most conventions, you know, have like three slots every day, and this was going to be a four-day convention, basically. So five adventures was not going to fill up the whole convention. And so I ended up talking to a bunch of DMs that I wanted to come DM for us, and, and some of those people were well-known. Um, even a couple of Wizards of the Coast people um, were going to come DM for us. All these DMs, you know, once I was, you know, kind of talking to them and be like, this is the the basic plan. And they started giving me adventure uh, ideas as well. Uh, you know, we were going to like send out a uh, basically a form um, asking for pe- what people's characters were going to be like and then tailor all the adventures to their characters. There were going to be puzzles inside different adventures. And during times when you weren't playing that you had open slots, there were going to be other events. So like puzzles and story times and kind of different events that you could go to that were all directly related to the games hmm. but were not you know role-playing games we were going to have dinners that were going to be catered there i had talked to the catering company i'd sent them portions of ed greenwood's guide to the forgotten realms or something like that that had food like all the different kinds of food from the forgotten realms that's awesome and so we were going <laughs> we were in the process of uh you know instead of you know roast duck or whatever it was going to be like roast cockatrice or something like that in addition to um to the food we were going to have entertainment uh, in in two of the evenings uh, one of the evenings was going to be there's a local band uh, in denver called bards of greyhawk and they play sort of like period <laughs> music a lot of the music is based off of D adventures and then they just you know write music to it basically i had some other ideas but um didn't end up getting off the ground um for that so the takeaway i have from this you know as i said it it didn't end up going primarily because i was not clear enough with my designers of what i needed and when i needed it and by the time they were giving me stuff or or were about to give me stuff or whatever i realized it was kind of too late to do everything else i needed to do on the back end and so i ended up canceling um and because i was so apprehensive at first i wasn't doing as much advertising as I should have been doing as well. So I didn't have enough people as well. So like I had, you know, I had a, had a certain amount of people I needed in order to make it go. Um, and I was not, I didn't reach that number. And so at some, at one point I just decided, okay, we're too far along. I need to stop so that I, you know, cut my losses and make sure people aren't, you know, people aren't, uh, doing things that are, um, that I can't pay them for. And so, um, like some of the designers, you know, did give me stuff. And so, you know, I paid them, you know, according to contracts and everything, but uh, that was just money out of my pocket, and I just take that as a uh, cost of learning, basically. Thanks for sharing that. I I appreciate that, and I know that our listeners appreciate that too. It's it's good to hear just uh, about the takeaways from that, like the the stuff that you learn, and it's I'm sure helpful to listeners out there who. Uh, maybe I'm sh- I'm sure there are listeners out there who have planned similar events or are planning on creating similar events, and I'm sure just a story like that definitely can can help uh, in that aspect. So thank you for sharing. Sure, my pleasure. So Robert, I have another question for you. What was your favorite moment from this game that we played online together? The moment that sticks out to me is. Um when they were fighting the gremlins, although they didn't know they were gremlins yet, they were just some invisible thing. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so uh, I think it was Rich's character, I can't remember, uh, was kind of up on top of dancer. a roof. Yeah, Dancer, up, up on top of a roof, um, and just kind of you know figuring out where these things were. And I think he ended up throwing a dagger and hitting an invisible creature, uh, if I recall. Mm. 
or something like that. There was uh, some shenanigans <laughs> on a roof uh, and daggers. <laughs> That's fantastic. So this is the part of the show, Robert, that I would like you uh, to take your humility and throw it out the window. I want you to plug yourself in any way that you would like to plug. So I do work for the D&D Adventures League, like you said, so you can find me on any of the D&D Adventures League pages, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Radu76. That's R-A-D-D-U-76. You can still find me at Arcana Rising, too. I still plan to uh, release the adventures that I have and uh, still use the Arcana Rising name uh, for some other things I have going on. Immediately in January, uh, I'll be going to San Jose, California, and uh, I'll be a guest at the Far West Con. So if you live in the Bay Area, um, please come meet me and uh, hang out and play a few games. Uh, so if you just look at Far West Con on Warhorn, I think you can find it. And then in February, I'll be at Winter Fantasy. So if you want to go uh, meet me in the freezing cold of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and play a whole bunch of D&D, uh, please come meet me out there. Fantastic. Go and check all of that stuff out. To wrap this all up, Robert, we like to end these conclusion episodes by asking you, is there a last word or a piece of advice that you would like to pass on to our listeners out there who happen to be DMs and GMs themselves? Sure. I think, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, be flexible, you know, go with what your characters or what your players want and, you know, kind of guide them back to where you need them to be. Uh, but more importantly, um, just say yes. You know, if your players want to do something, hmm. even if it's not something you had planned for or it's not something that's written in the module, um, kind of let them do it uh, and then, you know, just guide them back to where you want them to go. That way they feel like they have agency and uh, it will make your games uh, that much better. Well, Robert, thank you once again for running this game for the GM Showcase. We very, very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a real experience. So for those of you tuning in, I hope that you have enjoyed yet another episode of the GM Showcase. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at the email, thegmshowcase at gmail.com. You can also go and you can follow us on Twitter at GM underscore showcase. And you can also like our Facebook page. If you love the GM Showcase, if you love what we're doing, if you've been enjoying our episodes and have been immersed by the stories that these talented GMs and players are telling, we really would appreciate it if you'd head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Thank you to everyone out there who's been doing that so far. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can head on over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Block Party Podcast Network. This show is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, shows like The Dungeon Master's Block, Geek Wars, We're So Bad at Adventuring, and more. Well, that's it for this episode of the GM Showcase. Thank you so much, Blockheads, for listening. We hope that you will join us again next month for another great game, another group of great players, and another story that's told by another fantastic GM. Until next time, see you later.